0: You're listening to the Brooklyn USA podcast, an occasional audio love letter from Brooklyn to the world. A February, or the 21st of February, is a day for Bangladeshis across the world to honor the students and activists who died in the 1952 Bengali language movement in what was then East Pakistan. Many years later, February 21st became known as International Mother Language Day, a time for people everywhere to reflect on, cherish, and protect the rich linguistic heritage of our human family. In the final episode of our language season, we sit for Cha and ada, and hear the stories of Bangladeshi community members right here in Brooklyn.
1: One of the things that we Bengalis do is called Adda. Yeah. We just hang out casually and we sip on some tea and eat some snacks and we talk about life. Sometimes we bust into beautiful music from a different land, a different time.
2: <laughs> In honor of poet Kaji Nutsul our national poet of Bangladesh, I will start my...
1: When you migrate to a different country, you don't just carry your language in your heart, but you carry these other practices and rituals that were passed on to you by your parents' generations and their generations before that and their generations before that. This
2: song is very near and dear to my heart. and The words
3: of this song is what makes it even more beautiful. All that we
2: seek is within us. No amount of external gain, Can fill that
1: void. My name is Iftikar Hussain Chowdhury. My friends call me Ifti. I'm originally from Silet, Bangladesh, but I grew up in Dhaka and then later moved to the United States for college and I think New York City is home now. About two-thirds of the entire Bangladeshi population in the U.S. actually live here in the city. You can hear Bangla all over the city from Brooklyn to the Bronx and Queens. If you go to Kensington, you'll see people eating pan and just chit-chatting in Bangla. And it's beautiful to
4: listen to.
2: My name is Annie Ferdos. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I came from Bangladesh here in 1988. Since then I'm living here. I raised two children here. I worked in a public school. And uh, on the side, I... uh,
5: I teach our next generation Bangladeshi culture. When
2: I say Bangladeshi culture, I mean Bangla language, the singing, dancing, whatever can represent a culture, we teach everything to our next generation.
5: My name is Swahil Mahmud. I have been living here in Kensington, Brooklyn for more than six years. I'm a social worker. I run an IPTV, uh, which name is uh, Provashi TV, and it is based in Brooklyn too. This television network works for the Bengali-speaking expatriates around the world. I'm very much proud as I can communicate my narratives, my people through my mother tongue.
2: I was educated in a cultural line, I was a dancer, I learned singing too. I think that each of us has some responsibility to our community.
1: Just like any other immigrant kid moving to a different country, I was very lonely and I was looking for a sense of identity. And what really gave me a sense of identity was my mother tongue, was my language. And then in college, as I was interacting with uh, students from different parts of the world, I was taking classes with international students from the Middle East, from South Asia, Southeast Asia, from Latin America and Africa, I realized that there was a common thread. Everybody identified themselves through their language. The language they speak was a very important part of who they are. And this gave me an opportunity to connect with people from other parts of the world, explore their languages, and find relationships between my language, Bangla, with theirs. Bengali is a very old language. It has has so many different influences from the Middle East to China because of spice trade and because of different... Uh, waves of immigration that happened in the Bengal region of South Asia. And through exploration of different languages, I was able to connect with people from other parts of the world. And for me, that has given me a perspective that I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful because through this exploration of languages, I was able to learn about different musical cultures from different parts of the world. I fell in love with salsa and merengue and cha-cha-cha, cumbia, different Latin American music forms. I fell in love with Arabic poetry. I fell in love with music from different parts of the world, which I wouldn't be able to explore if it wasn't for my relationship with my own language, my mother tongue of Bengali. Fast forward to 2014, when I moved to Brooklyn, New York, a few Iranian journalists befriended me and we started hanging out in my basement in Crown Heights. We started having some Adda, Bengali style, but they brought a Persian taste to it. We would drink tea and we would sing some music and we would talk about life. This group of friends started growing very organically as more and more artists, journalists, architects, political activists started to join our group and just hang out. That's how Royal Bengal Tea House was born. we would sing in different languages we would sing in farsi in bengali spanish arabic portuguese
2: So why this language and Bangla culture is very important to us because we had to fight to establish this language as our own language. As we all know, in
5: 1947, India and Pakistan became two separate states when British left Indian subcontinent. And today's Bangladesh was part of Pakistan as East Pakistan. So, Pakistan government declared uh, Urdu uh, should be the official language of both part of the country, East and West Pakistan.
0: Let me make it very clear to you, leave no doubt that the state language of Pakistan is going to be Urdu and no other language. And anyone who tries to mislead you, is really the enemy of Pakistan. Without straight language, no nation can remain tied up solidly.
5: Pakistani rulers always wanted to control Bengali nation. They exploited uh, Bengali people uh, in every way. And as a part of a plan, first they hit Bengali mother tongue. Students from Dhaka University, Dhaka Medical College, they took the initiative to protest against this uh, decision. The movement started from 1948, but it it became a volcano and it, it, it erupted on 21st February, 1952. At that day, police opened fire and we lost our heroes uh, who were officially recognized as language martyrs, Abul Barkat. Abdul Jabbar Rafiquddin Ahmed Abdul Salam and Shafiq Rahman
2: if you want me to sing the uh, the song that that we always sing for this day okay i'm not a singer though but we all all of us know this song amar bhayer ek February. Ami keep Hulite pari Amar Shonar de Sherok Rangano februari Ami keep Hulite pari Ami keep Hulite pari It says that how can I forget the 21st February when our brothers, our um, children gave blood to protect this language.
5: This is the history of our mother tongue. I strongly believe 21st February of 1952 spirited our nation in a very straight way that we need the right to speak right to move free, right to think free. And 1952's outcome is our independence in 1971. Uh, And uh, in 1971, after a nine months bloody war with the Pakistan army, we owned our independence and we owned the land.
4: My golden Bengal, I love you. Forever your skies, your air,
0: make music in my heart. Those words, now the national anthem of Bangladesh, were written by a Bengali poet who died 30 years ago. The country of which he wrote has seen more hate than love in the last year. Today, another man is charged with the job of returning East Bengal to the state in which the poet really imagined it. His name is Sheikh Mujib Rahman, Prime Minister of Bangladesh.
4: Hi, Kadeh, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm great, so you for So
1: previously, asking. I, I talked about education. Adda, right? It's a very uniquely Bengali phenomenon. We say Adda, like in, Let's Have an Adda, where we drink tea and we just hang out with our close friends and we talk about life. And I was thinking, you know, it would be really nice to bring in a close friend of mine a mentor a culinary genius a historian a linguist that phenomenal person uh, and and to have him join us uh, in this conversation i just wanted to introduce gader gader are you there
4: Hey, thank you so much. If the I mean, I love the introduction, but I don't know if I can live up to all those titles that you gave me. But thank you for calling me. <laughs> all
1: right, so I just wanted to kind of introduce you. You know, would you like to introduce yourself? Like, how would you?
4: How, who are you? Who am I? That's a very good question. Very existential. I would consider myself a Bengali American. I grew up here, but. I've lived in Bangladesh in terms of work. I'm very connected to the country. Yeah, I do see myself very comfortably calling myself Bangladeshi or Bengali-American. Great,
1: I would consider myself Bengali-American as well. And what is your relationship with Bangla language?
4: Mm. I think Bangla language is such a huge part of our identity. Since we were little you know people were going to let's say catholic school or i don't know chinese school like in our community but we we were taught it at home because our parents were so keen on preserving the linguistic heritage of our country of our culture but we didn't have access to it when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s so for me my connection to bangla is both of familial intimacy and also a connection to a country that I didn't necessarily grow up in.
1: Interesting. So a little difference between how Qadir grew up and I grew up. I grew up in Bangladesh and I didn't come to the U.S. until I was like in my late teens. And Qadir grew up in New Jersey. So we had very interesting, different upbringings. And our relationship with Bengali as a language was a little different. That's definitely...
4: The case for many of us immigrants growing up here because immigrants what we try to do is we try to preserve the culture and the language um, whereas for example as you said you grew up in bangladesh it was you lived you know it, you lived it in its natural uh, habitat in a way you know so you saw it evolve you saw it surrounding you
1: right exactly and you know during the national celebrations uh, and, you know, some of the major celebrations in Bangladesh were surrounded, uh, surrounding the concepts of the historical, the political history of Bangladesh, right? For example, for ekushay February or 21st of February was celebrated, you know, throughout the country. And as kids, it was a big festivity, like we would wake up super early in the morning or even the night before at midnight, walk bare feet with our family, with flowers, to uh you know to the monuments and, and to pay our respect to the martyrs of nineteen fifty to and this is the first time ever a, a group of people actually um were killed and protested to preserve their language. Is is that is that correct?
4: This was actually not the first time language was fought over. Language is such a divisive factor in human history, you know, and language played a role in many battles and wars, etc.
1: Interesting. Who else?
4: So you have to realize that this was a wave all across South Asia at that time. When India was uniting, they were forcing many regions to come under a Hindi hegemony. And the south of India, where they speak Tamil and Telugu, Malayalam, etc., they were also protesting the imposition of Hindi over them in the 50s and 60s. Similar things were happening um, in various parts of these multi-ethnic countries that suddenly sprouted after colonialism. During colonialism, you had the colonial language as the official language. So this was going on in many other parts of the world. You had the European ethno-nationalism in the 1800s, where... For example, France. France was very big on imposing French as their national language. And in southern um, parts of France, Provencal, Occitan, these languages died out. And they tried, they resisted for a long time, but eventually French took over. Spain is a very interesting story where regional languages still survive. And they've been fighting for regional linguistic identity for a really long time, much before Bengali you know in the 1800s but i would say the bengali language movement led to this war that put forward language as the you know main factor in other ones you had other factors <laughs> See, the beauty of this International Mother Language Day is not only celebrates what happened during 1952, but it also just captures what language is to people, you know, how it really gets into the essence of being human. And I think that is what is really beautifully captured in this holiday.
1: That's great. So what advice would you have for parents in the U.S. and community
4: members in the U.S. Who want to keep their languages alive? I would say speak the language as much as you can, as frequently as you can. What I see a lot of times, and even in my own family, like the next generation, I see parents solely speaking in English. We obviously are creating a hybrid language here, which is very natural. A mix of Bangla and English, Benglish. Not to sound like a language purist, but I think there is a great value in trying to speak proper Bangla or just you know majority Bangla to your children. It is something that they will be grateful for later on in life.
1: Absolutely, and I could not agree more. And I think um, there are so many beautiful intricacies about Bengali poetry and Bengali literature, Bengali music. There are certain words that don't even translate at all to English. And, you know, with Royal Bengal Tea House, we have this project going on where we're translating Bengali songs to Spanish. And a lot of times I struggle with uh, expressing certain emotions in Spanish because it just does not translate. You need 10 words in Spanish to explain just one word, uh, one emotion or a uh, one phenomenon in, in Bengali which you could just express with one word. Well,
4: language is a very big determinant of our psychology, you know. There are certain tribes in, in Australia where they don't have words for north, south, east, west. They literally have words for very specific directions, you know, north, east, east, and, you know, their brains work so sharply, and they created new words for it. So when you think of Bengal, you're thinking of greenery, you're thinking of rivers, you're thinking of, as we say, six seasons, all of that affected the Bengali language, you know, we have this um, kind of a... Uh, melancholia in our music, this saudade as the Portuguese would call it. So our geography affected our psychology, which affected our language, which affected the vocabulary we use in our poetry.
1: It's like growing up in Bangladesh, right? Growing up in Bangladesh, there were so many rivers, there was so much greenery. Um, It just reminds me of this poem by uh, poet Shamsur Rahman it's called Meghna Nodir Tire on the banks of the Meghna river it goes like Meghna Nodir Tire Jodi Ek Tukhani Jau Tukhan Tumi Dekhte Pabe Nana Ruper Now. now is a word for boats and you know because there are so many rivers there's so many boats and the boats have beautiful spinnakers and, and sails uh, which are very colorful and you see a lot of fireflies in the in the villages, when you go into the countryside of, of Bengal, in Bangladesh. And he makes references to a small village called Paratoligao. That's how I relate to my surroundings growing up, my memories from childhood.
4: It's almost like a nurturing figure, you know, and which is interesting because Bengal is personified as Bongo Mata, which is Mother Bengal which is also, interestingly, the national anthem of Bangladesh is Amar Shonar Bangla. And in that, Bengal is personified as a mother. So Bengal and Bengali language are very intrinsically you know, related. And it's, as I said, a very nurturing connotation to, to all of this. It's, it's almost like a motherly affection that people have towards Bengal and Bengali language
1: very interesting very interesting color and you know one thing we try to do as as we produce new music and you know we try to bring communities together one avenue i can think of is bringing more uh, people who speak different dialects of bengali together is to use more of those dialects in in music and poetry and uh like nowadays you, you listen to it a lot of music in pop culture where you know um they they combine spanish and english And sometimes portuguese and they i think music like that brings people together absolutely
4: absolutely and i think a platform like royal bengal tea house yeah it's it's a lot of people from our generation that are really trying to build a community that's not necessarily based on geography of their parents it's the geography of new york city and the reality of living in america my next song
2: is a popular song from Mm -hmm. oprah
0: And if you know the song
2: please sing it. this was
1: such a lovely conversation uh, about there. It's always a pleasure to have, you know, such interesting conversations with you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure talking about not just Bangla, but everything else with you.
5: My name is Nidal, and I speak Arabic.
2: I love the Arabic language because there is so much history and culture. This is my first language and what I teach my children.
3: Hi, I'm Leen, I work at AFSC, and I live in downtown Brooklyn. I am super thankful and proud to have grown up speaking two languages. Um, Other than English, I grew up speaking Arabic, and I've come to definitely appreciate it more as an adult. My parents are immigrants from the Middle East, so it was just something that was very natural. I would speak to them in Arabic, my extended family in Arabic. The Arabic TV was always on in the background. My parents had these um, cassette tapes that they would listen to, of course, with Arabic music, so it was just something I grew up with. One of the prompts that I thought was really cool was the one about idioms, and I have a few favorites. Uh, one of them being... Um, Alarasi, which literally means on my head, and you would say this um, as a response, when someone asks you for something um, so if someone were to ask you for a favor, you would reply with Alarasi which, um, can be interpreted to mean like, of course I'll do it for you, I'll put your request you know, it's at the top of my head, I'll get it done for you, you know, no problem another one that I like um, is which means you bury me, or bury me, um but you say it to someone that you love and care for a lot, um, you know, in hopes that, you know, not to be too graphic, but, like, you'll die before them, you know, I love you so much, you know, to um, I care for you. Um, those are a few passionate ones. One that's funny um, is when you would call someone a hafifadam, which <laughs> means someone has thin blood, but we say it to mean you know, when someone's being kind of annoying, um, obnoxious, you know, not too much of an insult, but just kind of like a witty response. And I think something that's really cool about idioms is that even though every country or every Arabic-speaking country has its own dialect, some of these can be understood by all. So I think it's really cool. Um, and thank you for giving me this chance to tell you about it.
0: Brooklyn USA is produced by me, Karel Palmer. And me, Emily Bogosian. And me, Shirin Barri. And me, Charlie Hoxie. And me, Bayimi Sada. With help this week from Ifti Chowdhury, Sohel Mahmud, Ani Ferdos, Kader Rahim, Hanif Yazdi, and the Royal Bengal Tea House. Watch and listen to more Sohel Mahmoud's work on the DWIP TV network. Follow Royal Bengal Tea House at Royal Bengal Tea House on Instagram. And visit their Facebook page for updates on future events. Thank you to Adriana, Lean, Nidal, and the Arab American Family Support Center for leaving a message to learn more about the Endangered Language Alliance, support their work, and view the interactive language map, visit www.elalliance.org. If you want to tell us a story or somehow end up on our podcast, check the show's notes for a link to our guide on recording a voice memo on your mobile phone and sending it to us on the internet. And if you like what you hear or think that we missed something, Comment, like, share, and subscribe, and follow at Brick TV on Twitter and Instagram for updates. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit www.brickartsmedia.org/slash radio. We are on the unceded territory of the Lenni, Lenape, Canarsie, Shinnecock, and Munsee people. We acknowledge the many indigenous nations with ties to this land. And we recognize that the Lenape, still call Manehatta home,